to this special mini episode of the Feminist Buzzkills, the podcast that is super excited about the Usher concert this weekend. And I think there's some sports ball as well. I'm Moji Alvoreal, and today you'll get to hear a conversation I had with two incredible women. My guests are Renee Bracey Sherman, founder and executive director of We Testify, and Regina Mahone, senior editor at The Nation. Together, they've written Liberating Abortion, a book which comes out in October. But today we're talking about the A-Files. A Secret History of Abortion, which is a podcast that they co-host. It's an eight-part series that is the cool abortion course your college should have offered but didn't. I'll let them tell you the rest. Please welcome Renee Bracey Sherman and Regina Mahone. Renee, Regina, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Thank you. So I'm so excited that you're here, and I'm really excited to talk about your podcast. The A-Files is a secret history of abortion, so take me through how you tackle this really meaty topic. Absolutely. I think to talk about how we tackle it, it's important to talk about how it got started. So when Roe was overturned, people were reaching out to me specifically saying, how could this have happened? I can't believe that Roe was overturned. And as someone who's been editing articles about reproductive rights and justice issues for a decade, it was so obvious. Also, activists, organizers like Renee have been saying for years that it was going to happen, but no one really listened to them. And so in that moment after Dobbs, I was thinking like, okay, well, I'm happy to like walk you through like how it happened. But that was, of course, not exactly what they wanted to hear in that moment. People were just processing. But also at the time we were in the thick of our book research, Renee and I have known each other for at least 10 years, going back to when I was her editor at Rewire News Group. And we had decided to work on a book together. And we were in the middle of researching for our book when Dobbs came down. And so when we started talking to the media about developing this podcast, we really wanted to for everyone, unpack all of these layers of the abortion conversation that got us to where we are, the conversations that people really weren't comfortable having on the left, because in some ways they've been complicit in what's been happening and really just creating a new vision for abortion rights that's centered around, of course, all of the work Renee is doing centered around people who have abortions and, and really talking to people about what access or what any sort of plan for moving forward should really look like and how we do center people who have abortions. Yeah, I think for me, the larger issue is that none of this that's happening is new. History is just a circle. There's just new technology that they do it with. There are new players, but it is the same game, the same tactics, the same oppression. And I think the sooner that we really understand that, the more equipped we will be to get off of this really awful timeline. <laughs> I'm just exhausted. And I think that as Regina was saying, the way it came about was just that we had so much information that we learned and, and researched as we were working on our book, but there's only so many pages in a book. We can't yeah. put it all in there, but what can we do with it? How do we share this information with people that we find interesting? And, you know, Cindy Levy at the Meteor had heard us talking and found our back and forth banter about these things and how we just like light up about mm -hmm. what we've learned back and forth with each other and, and that joy. And she was like, what if you guys just like talked about that for other people? So we said, yeah. And it feels really important to be able to break this information down for folks so that they understand what does the past look like? What does the present look like? And what could the future look like if we actually do something about it? 
I love that. And I really like that you reminded us also that none of this is new. And both of you have encyclopedic knowledge of abortion, like even before this, but also like in the work that you do, but also in collecting your book. What was something that surprised even you, however, like going into this journey of the secret abortion history? So that question I was getting after Dobbs came down about like how we got here, it seemed like a lot of people wanted to believe that it was just there are the good guys and the bad guys and the people on the left are the good guys and the people on the right are the bad guys. And it's complicated. It's much more complicated than that. Right. And so as we were plotting out how to do the, you know, what we would, what topic we would cover for each of the episodes, really looking at the left and the language choices that we used in our second episode. And also in the fifth episode, we say, you know, this issue of adoption really around former President Obama talking about how a way to reduce abortions is to have more adoptions. The solution that, you know, doing the work for the right, right, like doing the work for the anti-abortion movement. And so I think getting a clear understanding of how there are no good guys, there are no bad guys, like it's just complicated, right? And we all have to dig into what potential abortion stigma or narratives that we've internalized. I've internalized uh, myself, like we all have, we're all guilty of it. And, and we're really with this podcast challenging people to think about those language choices and those narratives that we're going to continue to perpetuate because we're not going to get free if we don't really take a step back. I feel like that definitely came up listening to the pod when um, I think Renee, you were talking about like when you were first asked to tell your abortion story, it was like, oh, but center the bad relationship you were in. And I think that that's kind of like, you have to work on moving away from that <laughs> as being like, you're feeling like you have to justify your abortion, right? There's something in that that I think comes up that is a stigma that almost all of us have internalized and have to work to move away from. Yeah, and that the only acceptable abortion stories or the only ones that'll change hearts and minds are the ones that make you feel sad and upset. You know, I am so proud of every abortion storyteller who has the courage to to speak out and share their story in the way that feels right for them. And one thing that feels a bit challenging is that, you know, we have a president and an administration that is only willing to give a platform to certain types of stories, that they're only looking for a story in which there is some sadness and that there is, you know, a desire to want to parent and to have then needed an abortion for some sort of reasoning, like in particular a health indication. And I think what feels challenging is that when only those stories are elevated, it then tells the rest of the folks who have abortions that their reasoning is less justified and less valid. It's also really difficult to notice that, for example, President Biden has yet to meet with a non-white abortion storyteller. That's just a fact. I've been looking at it. Mm -hmm. The majority of the people who have abortions are people of color. We have been in this fight for centuries, thousands of years, as we've documented in our book, as we talk about on the podcast, right? Why can we not be part of the larger conversation? Why are we irrelevant to him? And I think that that's a question worth asking and and noticing, you know, is it intentional? I don't know. But what I do know is that it does perpetuate stigma. It does perpetuate this idea that abortion is an issue that impacts 
white women and that who we should feel bad for that it is now that Roe is overturned is <laughs> white women who have fetal indications and they do deserve our love and care. How does everyone else? We all deserve love and care. <laughs> right. And I think what's beautiful about in the podcast is that we talk to people who've had abortions at, who are doing this work throughout the episodes and that you can see that there's a diversity in our stories and how this issue impacts all of us. You know, we have Chelsea Williams Diggs, who in the third episode talks about running the New York Abortion Access Fund. We have Kazembe Murphy Jackson, who's in a later episode talking about being a trans man who has an abortion. Like there, there's so much in there and that it's actually okay to, to talk to all of us. It's also so much more interesting to talk it to really all of us, is. right? Like, it's so, and I, I think that also, I love that you brought this up because I think that when we look at like, particularly Texas and all of the people who have been harmed by the abortion bans, it's overwhelmingly white or white presenting. I haven't seen a darker skin person at all in this. I also just, one of the things I wanted to say that I love about your podcast is every episode comes with more recommendations for additional learning. Can you tell us, like, how do you choose these companion materials? Like, how do you, of all of the wealth of information out there, what helps you distill it down to, like, the one or two pieces of media that are important? There's so much out there. <laughs> I think one of the things my mentor, Dr. Tracy Waits, who's in the second episode, often says is that, like, you know, we need to read more books on the history, right? And so, like, Oh, we don't need to be like Kanye and not. <laughs> I never want to compare our movement to Kanye. I'm sorry. No, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> we could read more books. <laughs> there are a lot of ideas that our movement proposes as this new idea that if you read a book, they were doing that in the 1920s. <laughs> they actually had a more radical version of it in 1968 or whatever. And so we wanted to help demystify because there's a lot of books about abortion out there i'm not recommending reading them all most of them are by <laughs> white folks most of them do not include people of color or if they do it's an afterthought and they're not written by people who have or provide abortions that's just a thing but we wanted to be able to take those resources that we've really deeply learned from and and share that because we did not come up with this knowledge all on our right. own. Right, right. We read books. A right. lot of books. We, we read a lot of books. We read a lot of studies. Um, we did a lot of research. So yeah, I'm not going to lie. Part of it was to be like, look. You guys, you can read a book. <laughs> we did the research. But like also that people can go learn other things for themselves because the podcast can only be 45 minutes. Each of our interviews, interviews themselves we're an hour. We cut them in a half or a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> Plus we had a lot to say and then that got cut down. And so if we had left it, these podcast episodes would be like two and a half to three hours, <laughs> three hours of, of people talking. So it's like, how do we actually convey the information? And then that way people can continue their learning. But also find a way to add their voice to the conversation because these are all conversations. If you think about articles on the internet, if you think about books, all the books that we're talking about in the episode, we're, we're just adding to that knowledge and anyone can do it because everyone has different stories. Renee says all the time, like, even if you haven't had an abortion, you might have one 
or you might know someone who's going to have one and your experience is only going to add to the conversation. So we wanted to make this as accessible as possible for everyone because everyone is affected by this issue. So uh, one day on Twitter, I was trying to catalog some of the novels that I had. I've been reading a lot of novels and somehow they all happen to have protagonists of color who are having abortions. And I was like, how do I always just like find a book with abortion in it? It was not intentional. So I wrote a bunch of the names of the books down and I said, these are the ones that have protagonists of color who've had abortions. Am I missing any? And people proceeded to send me books with white protagonists in oh my them. Gosh. Just like The Handmaid's Tale. Did not understand the assignment at all. <laughs> did not read. They did not, did not read. Did not read. <laughs> so it became frustrating that even when we're asking to center people of color in the conversation, our imagination, our memories can only remember the white stories. And that is what feels very challenging. And so that's how the There Are Other Books section came about. That segment is about, we love The Handmaid's Tale. It's great. TV show. Great. Love it. Great. Fine. Margaret Atwood, thank you for your service. And there are other books. There are literally other books that have been written since 1985. And like, we want to share those books with other people to say, here are other books that that reflect different aspects of abortion that might not be a dystopian novel, might actually just be, here's a reality, here's a self-managed abortion book. Like just give people other things to read and learn from. I love that. I feel like not gatekeeping information is so important and also letting people check your work, right? Like, oh, no, I know what I'm talking about here. Read the book. (laughs) Please fact check me. I'm into it. Is there anything else you want to add before we go? We just hope that you listen, that you love it, and that, you know, you really learn something and share it with some friends. And then if you do anything, say the word abortion, don't talk to cops, support your local abortion fund. And remember, you never know when you're going to need an abortion. So digest this information and definitely hold on to it for your loved ones who might need one as well. Awesome. Thank you both so much. Thank you. Thank you. That's our mini show. Listen and subscribe to the A-Files podcast wherever you pod. And follow Renee and Regina on all of their socials. They have so much wisdom to share with all of us. All the links are in our show notes. And if you haven't already done it, like, subscribe, and give us five stars. And follow us at Abortion Front on all the socials as well. We have some extra cool events that we wanted to tell you about. Michael Shannon and Jason Narducci are touring around the country doing an REM tribute show. And AAF is getting proceeds from this super cool poster that's for sale at the concerts. So the tour's already started. You can get ticks, enjoy an incredible show, and then buy a poster that supports Abortion Access Front. What is a wonderful evening. In the coming weeks, they'll be in North Carolina, D.C., Pennsylvania, and Massachusetts. So get you some tickets. And the documentary about AAF, No One Asked You, is showing at national film festivals as well. If you're in San Francisco tonight, February 9th, it'll be showing during the San Francisco Independent Film Festival around 6.15, and Liz will be there in person doing a Q&A. Other dates, including next week in D.C., are available at noonaskyoudoc.com. Tickets for both are in our show notes, as well as info on all the upcoming dates. 
Coming up on Feminist Buzzkills, next week, Alyssa will be holding it down with me and Liz will be checking in from her travels to tell us all about the San Francisco Film Festival. We'll also have a chat with Diana Green Foster, author of The Turnaway Study, 10 Years, A Thousand Women, and the Consequences of Having or Being Denied an Abortion. It's a conversation you will not want to miss. Finally, join our Patreon. You'll support great content and get cool FBK merch and experiences. All pledges support this pod and all of our activism at Abortion Access Front. Pledge at patreon.com slash feminist buzzkills. FBK is edited by Rumi de Tournay and is produced by Abortion Access Front. Thanks for joining us for this super special mini episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Feminist Buzzkills, the podcast from Abortion Access Front. New episodes drop Friday. When BS is popping, we pop off. And if you want to support our podcast and all the work of Abortion Access Front, like, subscribe, and join our Patreon at patreon.com slash feminist buzzkills. I'm Allison Gill. That's A.G. from Muller She Wrote in the Daily Beans, the premier podcaster for all things special counsel. And I'm Andrew McCabe, former acting director of the FBI and unlucky guy who was right in the middle of getting Robert Mueller appointed special counsel in 2017. And we're joining forces to document the investigations of Trump by the newly appointed special counsel Jack Smith as it happens. Whether it's analyzing court filings, letters, indictments, or prosecution and defense strategies. Or asking questions about special counsel regulations, rules governing classified documents at trial, or the scope of the probes. We'll be here first thing Sunday mornings to cover the latest breaking special counsel news and answer your questions with the assistance of some of the best experts out there. So follow, rate, and subscribe to Jack wherever you get your podcasts. Your only source for all things special counsel. 